0: eagles entertainment
1: with the 15th pick in the nfl draft the philadelphia eagles select
2: you're listening to the journey to the draft podcast
0: Welcome to the Journey of the Draft podcast presented by Life Brand. I'm your host, Fran Duffy, and today we've got one of my favorite exercises of the year, our Senior Bowl-only mock draft, and that's how we're going to start things off with draft buzz. Dane Brugler, Ben Fennell, they're going to draft two different teams based only on Senior Bowl players, only the guys that are taking the field this week in Mobile, Alabama. It's a really fun exercise just to kind of go through and discuss the biggest names in this event. It's one of my favorite parts of the draft calendar. It all kicks off on Tuesday with the first practice down here in Mobile, Alabama. I am on the scene. Chris McPherson's on the scene. Dane Brugler's here. Every single day, we will be bringing you updates on what happened at practice, some of the players that speak every day, and just general comings and goings around the NFL draft. Really excited uh, to be back down here in Mobile, Alabama. And we're going to start things off with that mock draft in Draft Buzz. After that, we're going to put a ribbon on the Shrine Bowl in Las Vegas, Nevada, which uh, that those practices now have now been going on for a few days. So we're going to catch up with Emery Hunt. He does a great job covering all things NFL Draft. In college football. He's going to join us for pick six. Six players that stood out to Emery from his time in Las Vegas. We wrap it up with our draft mailbag. A funny comment from one of our listeners at home. As always, now is the time. Jump on to Apple Podcast. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Leave us a comment. If you've got a question about a player, whether they're at the senior bowl or not, if you've got a mock draft you want us to break down, if you've got rankings you want us to kind of sort through, whatever it is, jump on over to our Apple Podcast page. Leave us the rating. Uh, leave us that comment. If you've got that question, leave it there in the comment box. We will answer it here like i said we are doing daily podcasts here this week here on the journey of the draft podcast presented by life brand all that said let's get things started now with draft buzz our senior bowl only mock draft now it's time for draft buzz All right, well, excited here for Draft Buzz. Do an exercise that we've done a couple times over the years. I know we did it last year. Uh, We had uh, Eric Edholm from Yahoo on. Uh, Dane, the three of us, did a little bit of a mock draft. This week, a little bit of a different spin. It'll just be a two-person mock draft. Dane and Ben, you guys are going to go back and forth, fill out some rosters here. uh, Just for the listeners, just so you have an idea, these guys are going to draft a quarterback, one running back, three receivers, a tight end, an offensive flex. A whole starting offensive line, including a sixth offensive lineman, defensive lineman, two backers, uh, five DBs, a sixth defensive back flex position, and then a special teams ace. We want to talk about as many players as possible in rapid fire session here, guys. So, uh, Dane, you drew you drew the luck of the draw. You've got the first overall pick. Ben, you're going to round it out with pick two and three, and then we'll go back and forth after that. Uh, Dane, you are on the clock, sir. You've got the first pick uh, in this draft.
2: All right, well, I lost some sleep last night, kind of going over names in my mind who I wanted to pick here. uh, But I settled on Trevor Penning, uh, offensive tackle, Northern Iowa. Pencil man at left tackle. Uh, I think he's – there's a good chance we're leaving Mobile uh, saying, yeah, this is the best player that we saw down there. I like
0: it. Uh, So he will go into your left tackle spot. Obviously, uh, one of the more impressive names we plan to see here this week in Mobile, Alabama. Ben, with with penning off the board, you now have the uh,
3: you've got two picks here. Interesting to see which direction you go with these two selections. Well, I'm going to go with the signal caller right away and get that quarterback that under center. I'm going to go with Kenny Pickett, you know, a guy that I think I can really win with that I think is still ascending, still developing, is going to be my franchise quarterback. Let's see if we get the right parts around him. I like it. All right. So uh, you start
0: off with quarterback. I was interested to see how you guys would handle the quarterback position. Obviously a lot of different options there. So, uh, you know, I was interested to see how early you guys would pull the trigger. Ben, what is it that made it pick it over guys like Ritter, Willis, uh, and the rest of that group? I just think he's more
3: ready to play and I think ready to manage an NFL game. And I don't say game manager as a negative connotation or a, Greg McElroy, Stetson Bennett type of connotation. I mean, game manager, he's going to come in and be a responsible quarterback, take care of the ball and be a, you know, a point guard distributor like the quarterback position should be. He's kind of a reluctant runner, but he's mobile enough when he needs to get out of structure. And I think he's a really accurate quarterback, both in the pocket, out of the pocket. I can do a lot of things as an offensive scheme. So don't really know what my offensive design is at this point. I believe we're picking our offensive coordinators down the road here, but I think Pickett's a guy that I can, you know, uh, massage and manage in a a variety of schemes. I think that's true. I think that's a good point on your part. All right. So uh, you got another pick here, Ben. Uh, Who do you like here with your second pick? Well, we're going to double dip on the offensive side of the ball here and make sure we get a reliable stud left tackle here to protect our blind side. And another guy that I think is still ascending and still climbing his game in a much different package. And that's Bernard Raymond out of central michigan the converted tight end to left tackle that's just been getting better and better and better and better and i think looking ahead and projecting where he could be in another two three years with an nfl conditioning program nfl strength program nfl coaching this guy is really on a track to being an elite elite player so two offensive tackles off the board uh here to start things off in the first three picks dane let's bounce back
0: to you you got penning uh which direction are you going here
2: Uh, All right. I got my stud on offense. I'm going to go to defense now, and I'm going to take Jermaine Johnson, uh, pass rusher out of Florida State. Uh, The Georgia transfer came to went to Tallahassee, and he was the alpha on that defense and led the ACC tackles for loss and sacks. Uh, I I think he's a first round player, and he's going to be the leader of that defense.
0: Really, really interesting player, obviously, as you mentioned, with what he did in his background uh, coming through, absolutely blew up. Do you feel like he's got a chance uh, to end up being in the first round? How how do you feel about his ability to be uh, a first-round pick going into the week?
2: I I think there's a lot to like about him. And so because of that, yeah, very good chance to be a top 32 pick. I mean, he doesn't really have a a glaring weakness to his game. He's strong against uh, the run. I think he can rush the passer. And there's nothing about him that you say, oh, yeah, that's a major deficiency. That's not going to work. I mean, he he might not have some elite traits in some areas. I think the get-off is good, not elite. But he's long. He's smart. And and I think he knows how to make plays in the backfield. All right, let's get back to
3: Ben here. Ben, first defender off the board. Are you going uh, offense again or are you going defense? We're going back to the offensive well and sticking with the kind of collective philosophy around football and that's score, 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 outscore your opponent, maybe make a big impactful defensive play late in game. So I want more two way players. I want guys that can contribute in the run and the pass game, particularly in the trenches, not a running back that can catch the ball as well on third down, but maybe a tight end that I know can block on early downs contribute in the red zone, good yards after catch, can separate when I need him to. And guys, I think the world of Trey McBride, I'm really, really excited to see him compete down in Mobile and be this tight end number one caliber player that I think he can be. I think this tight end class is really interesting for a variety of reasons, and I have no problem putting a Trey McBride as tight end one, a guy that can get after it as a wide tight end in line. I can trust him against a defensive end to survive but his contributions in the pass game as well, he's going to be a dangerous, dangerous three-down tight end.
0: Ben, how far ahead of uh, the rest of the
3: tight ends do you feel McBride is? Well, I just think for his body of work, his height, weight, speed, his already, I think, development as a route runner and ability to contribute you know, on the ball and catching it. And then just his 260-pound frame, I'm watching him more and more in the run game as I've been studying uh, his tape and just the assignments he's asked to do against defensive ends. And it's not always pretty, Fran, as we know how that typically goes. He's a fighter. He's a scrapper. I can work with this guy. I think he has a lot, a lot of tools to still refine and perfect. But there's some things I can't teach. The willingness, the physicality, his size. Um, I think he checks a lot of boxes. And I think he has a similar profile to, you know, a Jeremy Rucker. Hmm. I just think he's done more on tape and being featured in the past game at Colorado state, as yep. opposed to that Ryan day offense at Ohio state. I
2: think that's
3: fair. Uh, all right, Dan, coming back to you here.
2: Well, I got my left tackle. Let's get my right tackle. Uh, Daniel fall from Minnesota, uh, the human boulder, uh, but uh, a mobile boulder. Uh, he can move a little bit. I so can't wait to see him this week uh, during practices one-on-ones just to see how he holds up. Uh, still a, a football novice in a lot of ways, but that just says how much, you know, how much better he could be. Uh he's good right now. I think he could start uh, yeah. pretty quickly. So uh, excited for him and got my left tackle, got my right tackle, feeling good about uh, my bookends. you got your you got your cornerstones uh, along the offensive line there. Ben, let's bounce back to you. Uh, who do you like here for your next pick?
3: Well, let's go and get our captain of the defense. And as much as I wanted a, you know, a three down, you know, tight end, I need a three down linebacker. I need a quarterback of the defense that I can trust in every type of situation, whether it's, you know, the short yardage downhill, making plays out wide, Contribute in the pass game, go forward and backwards, contribute as a rusher and in coverage. I need you to be a secure tackler. You know I'm going Chad Muma there out of Wyoming. 6'3", 245, absolutely hulking linebacker with really good speed. But he's a tackling machine first and foremost. He's going to be my captain of the defense and never come off the field. You feel like a rock-solid second-round pick as we go
0: into into the week here for Chad Muma,
3: Ben? Yeah, I think that's kind of a fair landing spot for him. I'm really interested to see how he looks against some different competition down there in Mobile yep. and really started to get a gauge on his lateral speed, his foot quickness, his play recognition, um, and maybe playing a slightly different defensive scheme, which some linebackers can kind of thrive in some other schemes. Some can be a bit of a slow blinker and trying to figure out you know, new keys and new places to put your eyes and new... Uh, assignment. So, uh, there's always that learning curve going to new coaching and new schemes. I think Chad MoMA is going to be really, really interesting player to study next week. And the guy that Fran collectively, I have teetering right now. He's a guy with a big week in mobile. We could be talking back into first round. Yep. If he looks a little clunky, gets carved up on some angle routes, maybe has some eye violations. could be a third rounder, maybe early day three even. So he's a guy that I think his kind of profile and litmus as a, uh, as a prospect is kind of teetering right now with a big week ahead in Mobile. All right, Dan, back to you. What do you think here?
2: All right. Well, uh, I got one of my defensive studs with Jermaine Johnson. Let's help the back end of that defense. Let's go Roger McCreary uh, at corner. Uh, I think that he is the best corner uh, this week in Mobile. Uh, These Not the biggest guy, but I think he's got speed. He has coverability, sticky uh, in coverage. He could play man uh, and he makes plays on the ball. So um, he is my top corner on this team. And I think I got the best corner of the senior bowl. Frankly, I'm, so, I'm surprised it took this long for McCreary
0: to go off the board, guys. Uh, the eighth player off the board here, uh, I think you can make an argument. He could be the highest drafted uh, when it's all said and done. Obviously, the quarterbacks uh, will have something to say about that. But uh, McCreary, a really uh, interesting value pick there. Dan, do you feel like what I'm saying is, is fair? Do you think that's possible
2: that McCreary could go uh, top half of round one? I'd, I'd be surprised top half, but I do think that first round is possible for him. I, he's going to get beat up because his arms are, are not yeah. the length that teams want and you know it's it's a it's a really strong corner group when you throw in those juniors with sure. uh, Gardner and Booth and Stingley uh, Elam. I mean it, it's a, it's so it's a crowded group, and there won't be a consensus on the order of those guys. But McCreary's in that mix, and so this is an opportunity. You know those juniors won't be in here in Mobile, so this is an opportunity for McCreary to show up during one on ones and shut down receivers.
3: You know I'm a little bit worried about. McCreary's size. Obviously, some length concerns with his arms and things like that. He isn't this big physical alpha press corner presence. So, you're not getting a Jalen Ramsey out there or anything. You're getting a really nuanced, experienced corner. I think if he ends up being a Trey White style of player, you're laughing all the way to the bank. But, you know, I think there's still a little bit to be desired and a scheme fit as well with McCreary. He's the professional type, though. He's the guy that's ready for Sundays. He's a polished kid. He's got that professional type of Uh, persona to him that you just kind of, you know, you just really want that in your locker room and you feel like he's a guy you can trust. Now, what type of high level player is he going to be? I think there's a little bit of questions uh, at this point, but a really nice player regardless. All right, Ben, uh, who you like here for your next one? Well, you know, looking at my board here, going pick it, I feel good about, but then three straight group of fives, two Mountain Westers out Mm -hmm. there. I know my fan base is saying don't overthink this, go get an (laughs) SEC guy, go get the experience. You know, why are we overthinking this? I'm going to add a Brian Robinson into the backfield with Kenny Pickett here. And you may say fifth overall pick out of the senior bowl roster is that a little high for Brian Robinson. That's just what I think about his tone setting presence as a 225 pound back that runs between the tackles. We're going to run the ball as an offense, really set the tone on early downs, make you allocate resources to stopping this, a big hulking running back. And then we're going to take our shots and uh, capitalize on the pass game off of that. So I think Brian Robinson's a really, really good player, not the flashiest, not the sexiest, not the home run threat. That's okay, though. That's not what we need him for. He's going to beat up teams early and beat them up in the fourth quarters. Big physical back, obviously one of the top running backs in the country coming out of high
0: school, but was a one-year starter sitting behind uh, Najee Harris and all the talent they've had uh, there in Tuscaloosa. Dane, let's go to your next pick.
2: (sighs) You know, I keep going back and forth, but uh, this is a no-brainer. I, I got to take Zion Johnson. Um, I, I, this is my fifth pick, and I think I've got five players with a decent chance of going in the first round, Zion mm. uh, Johnson included. Uh, you know, kind of looked out of place last year at left tackle, moved back to his natural guard spot this past year, and and he was outstanding. Um, he's I love his play strength. I think there's a lot of things you could do with him. And so uh, I feel really good about this offensive line I'm building.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, I feel really good about your trenches so far, Dane. Trevor Penning at left tackle, Fowl at right tackle, Zion Johnson at left guard. You throw in Jermaine Johnson on the other side of the defensive line. Uh, Zion Johnson, uh, pencil him in. I think he's got to be, he's got starter potential very early
3: uh, in his NFL career. Ben, let's come back to you. Well, I want to add some more uh, versatility on the defensive side. I'm going to go Jalen Petrie here out of Baylor, mm. a guy that I think that can be a cover nickel guy, a blitzer, good in run support, a little small in the frame, a place so much bigger. I'm going to be playing this big nickel sub package where I don't think he's going to be coming off the field uh, for the most part. So uh, big 12 defensive player of the year. Getting better and better, experienced kid has been around that Baylor program for a while. I'm a really big fan of Jalen Petrie and a number of these Baylor defenders. We'll see if I can land another one in a couple of rounds.
0: First and 10, regular personnel. Uh, what do you think is the best role for Jalen
3: Petrie? If we're playing base defense, yep. I'm probably gonna play him at my strong safety spot Got there. Okay. You know, a guy that I can trust coming down in the box and, you know, maybe running the alley as well. I don't think he's really that fluid back end player. That's, you know, uh, loose hips and kind of rangy type of guy. I think he's more of a physical in close quarters type of player that uh, plays much bigger than that frame would suggest. Like it. All right, well, let's go back to you, Dan.
2: All right, well, keeping with my theme of guys that I think could be first-round picks, uh, Logan Hall out of Houston. Uh, And this is – I wanted to take him about three rounds ago because he's one of my favorite players in this draft. uh, But I was patient, and he fell right to me. And do me a favor here. Put him in the the, the D-line flex. Right. That's what I think is his, you know, part of what makes him such an appealing player is he can play inside, can play outside. He's got that versatility. Uh, you know, Dana Horgerson called him one of the best defensive tackles he's ever seen. And I like him better on the edge. Give him a little bit of a runway. You let him unlock that length, that, that uh, ability that he has with his quickness. Um, I, I, I'm just a big fan of Logan Hall and what he's going to be at the next level.
0: I think that, that that role for him early will be important, right? Because, uh, you know, I don't know that he's the most refined player, but he is a battering ram uh, when he wants to cut it loose on on, on the rushing the passer. Uh, so whether he's inside or outside, he's going to rely on that power. He's going to rely on that length. And he's, he's a fun player to watch, plenty to still be refined, but uh, a really interesting talent. I'm glad that you kind of penciled him into that role uh, moving forward. Uh, ben, let's come back to you here.
3: Yeah, I'm going to go back to the offensive trenches here and start to bolster the interior offensive line. I'm going Ed Ingram here at LSU, who is an experienced player. He has really good size. I think he can survive in a gap in his own scheme out there. You know, fell off a little bit in his development last year into early this year, but I think really kind of got back to form from that 2019 type of season where he contributed to that national championship team. Ed Ingram's a really big player, and I think some of his best football is ahead of him. Do you like him
0: more, run game focus, pass game focus? Like, what, what is it that is the uh, the superpower here for Ed Ingram moving to the NFL?
3: Probably run game. I think yep. using that massive frame, which I think is nearly three forty at this point. Yeah. Um, so we'll see what he weighs in down there at Mobile. But he's definitely a guy that can uh, move some people. All right, Dane, let's come back to you.
2: Now this is where it gets interesting. This is that was kind of my first six picks were kind of my top tier um, of guys that I really liked, and now it, it's going to that next tier. And there's a lot of different directions you can go here. Um, I, I, I'm going to go to defense and let's keep building on that defensive line. Let's go Phil Mathis, uh, from, from Alabama, who is probably going to be one of the first three defensive tackles drafted top first four. Um, uh, there's a lot to like about the way he moves, uh, power at the point of attack. Uh, I think he can play him at different gaps up front. So, um, I like what he brings to my defensive line. What kind of scheme do you like him best for in the NFL, Dane? I, you know, I, I think that he brings a little bit of uh, a little bit of everything. Where I don't, I don't know that he necessarily is scheme specific. I think he but, can. You want to, you know, play him some snaps at the three technique. I think he'd be fine. You want to play him at the one. I think he'd be fine. He's not a traditional nose, but um, you know, I, I think he gives you a little bit of versatility because that's how he was used sure. on that Alabama defensive line. How you know they play a lot of multiple uh, fronts, and so uh, I think Mathis. That I think that'll translate well to uh, my NFL team. Ben, I know you were upset uh, with Math Mathis going off the board
3: there. Uh, Who do you like here for your next pick? Yeah, not only do I think he's a really good one-tech nose tackle, he's a tone-setting presence as well, a good kid off the field, uh, kind of a captain of a defense type of presence. I'm going Arnold Epikati here, Hmm. who I think is almost a spitting clone to Shaq Barrett, especially coming out of Colorado State and the way he ascended with the Broncos and now with the Super Bowl champion Bucks. I think he's a quarterback killer through and through. Very, very technical already. whole bunch of pass rush moves, bag of tricks, counter moves. A little bit to be desired in the run game. Um, But, you know, that undersized frame definitely gives tackles troubles uh, on third and five plus. I was interested
0: to see what the the uh, the stacking would be of the defensive line off the board. So just a reminder, Jermaine Johnson, Florida State, went first. Uh, then you've got Logan Hall, Fedarian Mathis, and then Arnold Evacati. So I was very interested to see how – there's still a, a bunch of really quality defensive linemen left. Uh, Dane, let's come to you next.
2: All right. Um, let's look at this. Um, I well could go there. I'm going to go back to defense, and I am going to go – You know, let's let's round out my corners. Let's go Darian Kendrick. Um, You know, we we're okay with the you know, we feel like he's, uh, you know, the character stuff. You know, we're okay with it. Uh, He's a really athletic player on the field. We know that he showed up big time in the in the playoffs uh, in both the semifinal and the national title game. Uh, This is a guy who being a wide receiver, most of his like he was a quarterback in high school, wide receiver when he got to Clemson. Uh, you know, still learning the corner position in a lot of ways. But I, I think he is a day-two pick and at some point is going to be a starter in the NFL. So with McCreary and Kendrick, I've got a pair of SEC corners who I feel really good about.
0: You're talking about a guy who came to, to Clemson as a five-star wide receiver process. I played receiver early, then with all the, the embarrassment of riches the Tigers had, moved over to defense, was a really productive player before transferring to Georgia for his final season. Uh, Dan, uh, ben, let's come back to you here.
3: I'm going to go with a player that I think is going to be rising and rising and rising. And I have no idea where he is collectively right now. Mm. But Kobe Bryant out of Cincinnati, I think, is outstanding. I think he is one of the best corners in this class, the entire class. Put him with Sauce Gardner and Stingley and everybody else. I think he is outstanding in every phase of the game. Productive, experienced, physical, has played some safety, played some corner. He's got the Mamba name already. Uh, You know, he's just a guy I think I really want on my defensive back room out there. I watched actually all his red zone snaps over the last two years yesterday just to see how he was tested in one-on-ones, how quickly he passed things off, how often he was challenged with crack-replace stuff in the run game, how often he's in off coverage and just has to come up and tackle the receiver. You'd be surprised how many touchdowns are created in college just off of crappy tackling, crappy run fits and things like that. Kobe Bryant checked every box. I am blown away with this kid. I think he's going to be an alpha at the next level and a guy that I have no problem uh, making my cornerback one in my room. He was a
0: senior last year, Ben, and I know like he was invited initially to the Shrine Bowl last year in 2020. And talking with people that were around the game at that point, was like, oh, like you know, potential nickel safety. I,
3: I think that this year he proved he could stick on the outside of corner. He's another guy I can't wait to see in Mobile. I yeah. think he's really going to turn some heads in one-on-ones uh, and be one of the darlings of the week. All right, so uh, a guy who won the Thorpe Award as the top defensive back in college football off the board
0: there. Dane, uh, who do you like next?
2: Yeah, and there's so so many different strategies we could go here. Uh, and, and for me, I'm looking at these positions, and I'm thinking, okay, there's two or three guys that I like, so I'm going to go somewhere else because I know if Ben takes <laughs> one, I can always – I have my I got my plan B. Uh the and, and so, there. yep, like it right. And, and so for a position that I don't love and a guy that I but a a player I, under that position that I do really like is Devontae Wyatt, defensive tackle. Um, and I so I'm gonna make him my pick here. And again, building on that defensive line, uh, feel really good about wh- what we got going up front with Mathis and Wyatt. Again, I've got two SEC corners. Now I've got two SEC uh, defensive tackles in the middle. You know, why uh, you know, Wyatt, uh, you know I, again, a guy that is overlooked because of Jordan Davis, but he gives you a little bit of position flex up front. You can see him throw, throw on this tape. You can see him play the one. You can see him play the three. Uh, I think it does a really nice job unwinding from blocks, strong run fits, uh, competes through the whistle. Uh, moves really well he can scrape laterally he can make plays just based on effort so I think there's a lot that Devontae Wyatt can bring to your football team and I'm pretty pretty happy to have him and Mathis up front
0: I know you guys are both uh, are really high on Devontae Wyatt and what he can bring just a, a really impressive well-rounded player Ben let's come back to you for your next pick
3: well let's go and uh, pair Arnold Epicady with another guy that plays with his hair on fire out there go we know Kingsley anabari Ooh. From South Carolina, who may not have a whole lot of pass rush moves, moves and technique to his game, he is just a relentless sob that just does not stop. He is yep. an absolute freak motor and effort guy. I think he's going to be a really fun uh, bookend. Arnold Lebikati. I feel like he's just like underrated at every stage of the process. He just che- he's not. I think it's because he doesn't have like
0: that special physical trait. Then, but as you mentioned, the guy just plays hard and he just checks a
3: lot of boxes across the board. Yeah, I think there's a couple things working against them. You know, he doesn't have that first step, the high side rushes, the spins, the you know, those types of things. Also, wasn't that competitive of a team, you know, the past two years. So he's not on the big stage, you know, very often. And a guy that also not generating tons of sacks, but lots of pressures. And if you want any sort of metrics or analytics, go look at PFF's uh, pass rush win rate, which doesn't just clock sacks, but pressure wins. Yep. He's been a top five, I think, the last three years. Uh, so he's a guy that's extremely, extremely productive and wins quite often.
0: We're about uh, eight or nine picks in deep for both players or for both both teams here. I personally am shocked. No receivers off the board. Only one pass catcher, one back, uh, one tight end. All of them for Ben. Dana, you have not yet addressed offensive skill. You've been focusing
2: heavy uh, on the trenches, but we'll see where where you go here. Yeah, it's funny, because I remember doing this exercise last year, and it's kind of the opposite. Uh, yes. Last year, you know, Kadarius Toney off the board, the Western Michigan kid off the board. I mean, it was... You went was, Devontae you know, Smith the with the first players. overall pick, yep. That's right, yeah. So, yeah, this year it's a little different strategy. I, I think that, you know, looking at these receivers, there's definitely some talent in there, but I don't know if there's absolutely one I have to have. I think there's a couple in there that I really like. So I'm, I'm going to continue to punt on my running backs and wide receivers. Um, but, you know, kind of looking at... Uh, where I could go, you know, I'm going to go Jeremy Rucker at tight end. So I'm going to, I'm going to add one of those skill guys. Uh, Rucker, he can block, he can, he can catch and people, you know, they look, they look at his uh blocking and they look at his targets and they say, Oh, he just must be a blocking uh, tight end. But I mean, he can be as good as his volume in terms of how many targets to give him when he was targeted in college, good things happened. And so I think that Jeremy Rucker could be a better pro than he was in college. Uh, I feel really good about him being my starter. Ben, let's come back to you for your next one. Well, I think we need to find somebody
3: on the inside of my defensive line. I love the Mathis-Wyatt pair out there for Dane. That's a perfect one-tech, three-tech combo with some pretty good athleticism mixed in. Well, I'm going to find my brick of a nose tackle that's not going to move and probably not going left, right, back, forward. He's going to sit there and plug gaps. And That's going to be big Travis Jones out of UConn, who is one of the uh, the bigger freak show bodies of this class, and he's, right up there with Jordan Davis out of Georgia for just being an absolutely massive nose tackle may even be a little bit more athletic than Jordan Davis. So Mm -hmm. we'll see what he can do down there. Mobile, but a guy that's probably not going to be too much of a positional flex, a lot of nose tackle, a lot of one techs and just uh, plugging up lanes. We talked about it with Jim Nagy in yesterday's show, but this defensive tackle group this year in
0: 2021 for the Senior Bowl much better than last year's group. Whether you're looking for the pure three technique, uh your pure like run stopping nose tackle, or that you're do everything types, I think this class, this group of, of tackles here in Mobile has uh, everything that you're looking for. Dane, let's come back to you for your next pick.
2: All right, well I can't keep passing this guy, Darian Kennard, uh Let's plug him in at right guard and. I'm feeling exceptional about this offensive line. You know, yeah. Kennard, yeah, he could be sloppy at times. There's no question. And the first round, a little rich, in my opinion, but I still think he can start at the next level. Uh, he's got that wide, flexible body, creates movement at contact. Uh, you know, there, there's some things he needs to clean up, and I think he can get there. So, you know, those the sloppy tendencies uh are, are things that are coachable. Uh, there's a lot to like, you know, the, I think he's on that that Robert hunt cody ford spectrum and hopefully he's closer to hunt than ford based off how their careers have gone but he's going to be an nfl starter and feel good about where i'm getting him in this draft with
0: Falele and Kennard on the right side. And you have Trevor Ooh. Penning and left tackle. That's a, that's a lot of mass up front. Uh, Brian, I, I, I'm
2: drafting uh, you to be my running back.
0: Just <laughs> run, run off
2: the right side and we'll be good.
0: Uh, I might I might be able to put out like three and a half yards of carry running behind that offensive line. Hey, three <laughs> times, that's a
2: first down. I'm good. That, yeah, let's do it. All
3: right, Ben, let, let's come to you for your next one. I wonder how versatile that makes your scheme with Kennard and Falele. Guys that probably aren't going to pull a whole lot, probably not too active in the screen game. Might not even be running a whole lot of outside zone with those two. So we'll see if they can just smash the double teams and get some vertical displacement, (laughs) which I'm sure works as well. So I like this, though. This is a really fun cat and mouse of trying to figure out where Dane might take a guy. And uh, the game has been shipped behind a lot of this stuff. But I'm going to fill in my flex tight end spot next to Trey McBride. And I'm going to go Isaiah Likely. Oh, nice. Uh, and it good. really pained me not to pick Cole Turner there because I love Cole Turner and his red zone presence and just his pass catching ability. I just think Isaiah Likely is a through and through move tight end with good blocking tenacity, good play demeanor, uh, and really, really creative if you can find some different ways to use him. Catches the ball really well, good route runner. Having Trey McBride and Isaiah Likely as my tight end groups. Mm. You, I think you know where my offensive design is going. I think we could do a lot schematically with those two. Yeah, no doubt. The different
0: body types, but I think when you look at their skill sets, they complement each other really, really well. Are you uh, with me there,
3: Fran? A little Y for Trey McBride, a little yes. U tight end for Isaiah Likely?
0: No doubt. You, you get Likely on the move, and you could use him as a blocker out in space as well. No He's not question. a yep. pass catcher. You could do some different things uh, with Likely. Coastal Carolina did a great job within the last couple of years. Uh, Dane, let's come to your next pick.
2: Yeah, that was a really good pick. I was, I was kind of eyeing him here in the next few picks for my flex spot. So uh, really like that pick for you, Ben. Uh, I'm going to go, I need to add some linebackers. Um, and I'm going to go with one of the best run defending linebackers in this draft, and that's Clark from LSU. Um, it, the senior year that he had just cleaned it up. I mean, he, he, he piled up the stat sheet with his tackles. Uh, I really like how he saw things uh, this year, play with a lot more confidence and he explodes through contacts, making plays. So Feel good about him in the middle of my defense. you know, got my my defensive line, Mathis and Wyatt, just taking up a bunch of blocks. And uh, we've got Damone Clark running around making plays. I was really impressed with Clark
0: this season. I, I had kind of taken a peek at him over the summer from 2020. I thought the film was a little bit up and down this year. I thought he was re- he saw things so much faster this year. Uh, and he is a, a unique athlete. Like we've seen a lot of really good ones, uh, especially from LSU. I mean, we, we've seen guys come out
3: uh, with sideline to sideline range, explosive burst. Uh, this guy does it all. Ben, let's come to you for your next one. All right. So my D tackle next to Travis Jones here, not my D line flex, but my D tackle next to Travis Jones Going Zachary Carter out of Florida, who I think is a really, really strong, brute, strong player. Not a whole lot of flash to his game, but a guy that can trust on three downs, some positional flexibility. But I think just a really strong point of attack player. Yeah, he can convert a little bit of run to pass there. But a guy that I think I could really trust on early downs in the run game and then see if we can move him around a little bit, uh, you know, in sub packages.
0: And that flexibility is going to be big for him. Uh, Dane, let's come to you.
2: All right. Uh, let's, I need to start adding some of these, these skill positions on offense. And so I'm going to go with uh, the player who I think is the top senior receiver uh, on this senior bowl roster, and that's Jalen Tolbert. Um, uh, South Alabama playing in his home stadium this week. Uh, a very smooth athlete. It's going to be interesting to see how fast he runs at, at the combine. I'm not sure that he's going to blaze uh on a stopwatch but i think he understands how to play the position at a high level um, you know he's he's an nfl starter i think he has a chance to be a second round pick uh and i feel good about him as my top receiver really well-rounded player excited to see him this week in practice uh, ben let's come back to you well i would
3: love to pair some explosive quick-footed will linebacker run and chase speed next to chad Muma. And I think a Channing Tyndall out of Georgia would be mm. a perfect fit to slide in right next to Chad MoMA, a guy where MoMA can plug stuff and Tyndall can go and chase, or a guy with a lot of mileage still left on his tires. I think uh, Channing Tindall, a lot of his best football is ahead of him. Just the product of that Georgia front seven is very deep. He was just the odd man out of that group. But when he got on the field, guys, I think we all saw. His ability and what he can contribute in that uh, number forty-one jersey out there, just blurring across your screen. Explosive, explosive athlete, uh, Channing Tindall. Dane, uh, Dane, let's go to your next one. All
2: right, let's look at this. Um, I'm, I think I'm going to go with, uh, you know, let's go with, let's go with my heart here. Uh, Kirby Joseph at safety. There we go, boy. And Need a safety? I think Kirby Joseph. When you look at what he did this past year, as that single high free safety, uh, so much range. He and I talking to him, you could tell how much more confidence he has because of because he learned how to watch film. He learned how to break it down. Uh, and I posted in my Senior Bowl preview this week on the Athletic uh, different clips, and we went. I went through it with him, and he told me he's like, "Okay, this Wisconsin quarterback. I know he doesn't look off his receivers, so I know to get a break." Uh, the Iowa uh, quarterback. I know that he's going to try and pump me. So I knew not to bite on that. I knew where he was wanting to go and make a play. So he is understanding the game more and more and more. I think, you know, he credits volleyball as kind of helping his reaction quickness. Hmm. So uh, I mean, Kirby Joseph is a a player that has been rising steadily throughout his senior year. And I think that'll continue throughout this week in Mobile. I like it. Uh, Ben, uh, back to
3: you. I think we need to find someone for Kenny Pickett to uh, put his hands up somebody's butt here. So let's find our center of the future. I'm going to go with Luke Fortner out of Kentucky. Cool who's a really experienced player. I love him in the screen game, quick off the ball, some good reaches, can get up to the second level. But just that kind of blue-collar SEC experience center that's played a lot of good football with a lot of high-level players around him as well, with Darian Kennard and some other guys that are already off to the NFL. I'm blanking on the left tackle's name, Fran, if you can think of it. uh, that I think, went to Detroit last draft. But uh, anyways... Land, yeah, uh, there you go. Yep, um, but that Kentucky O line, there's a lot, a lot of good talent on there, and I think Luke Fortner is one of uh one of the cream of the crops. Yeah, late add
0: uh, for the senior ball just in the last couple of weeks. Uh, let's go to the next one here, Dane.
2: All right, well, let's go back to, um, you know, I could add another linebacker. You know what? Let's go with my nickel, and instead of going with a corner, instead of going with a safety, I'm going with JoJo Doman. Uh, Whoa, nice. who Thanks. was basically he was a nickel for nebraska and so i think he qualifies here um you know he he played in space he, he's a guy that uh, is a former safety so he looked comfortable in that type of role and you know I, he's an older guy injuries are part of his background he's going to get beat up for that but you know just he's he he's a mean player competitive player i i, just, I feel good about him on my uh, on my defense.
0: I like it. Uh, I know Ben was upset about that one. I was yeah, that one stung he, a little bit. I've been. Would you him in
2: the
3: same role, Ben? Yeah, he's. I mean, he played nickel. He played the same yeah. spot as Jalen Petriot, thirty right. pounds heavier. He's a really freak athlete, like Dane had said. The older, but I think he's going to be ready to play. Really good temperament as well. I've been dancing around him, just thinking I a play him at Sage, I could play him at nickel. He could be my DB flex as well. And I danced him around too much, and Dane stole him. All right, who do um, you like here for your pick then? All right, so let's see where we can go. We still have some voids at receiver here. I'm not sure if there's anyone warranting a receiver pull at the moment. So is there some more back-end talent I can add to Kobe Bryant and Jalen Petrie here? I think there is, but I'm actually going to go and address uh, the front seven once again. And in my D-line flex, this may surprise you. And I'm not going to go with a Cam Thomas or an wow. Isaiah Thomas who are the 6'5", 260, inside, outside. I'm going Jesse Lucetta, who maybe doesn't have the full profile of a 4-3 defensive end, but he's a guy that I think can play Sam in some early odd fronts. He can play a sub rusher. He can stand up and move around in some unique roles, whether it's a, you know, the way we kind of use a Gennard Avery even here in Philadelphia. I think he's a really unique player. He's played some off ball, played some Sam. He's a freak athlete, over 600 special team snaps in his career. I'm a huge fan of Jesse Lucchetta between us three guys. I don't know where to pull the trigger on Jesse Luketta. I think he's a really kind of interesting ball of clay type of guy, and it pains me a little bit to see some other really good talent on the board. I just don't want to lose a Luketta. I really think the world of this kid. You round out your defensive front there with uh, Ebiketti, uh, Kingsley Abari at defensive end
0: off the edge, Travis Jones, Zach Carter at D-tackle, Luketta rounding it out as your flex. Dane, uh, take us to your next pick.
2: All right, let's go back to receiver. And I'm going to go with Alec Pierce here from Cincinnati, Uh, a guy that can play above the rim. Uh, He's just He's got some nasty to him with the way he plays. Played a little linebacker at Cincinnati as well. Um, And I, I just think he can give me something down the field where he's going to make plays over defensive backs and be an igniter for this offense. Two big vertical threats there for you at wide receiver, Dane. Ben, let's go back to your next one. I'm going to start filling out the right side
3: of my offensive line and a massive offensive lineman that's played up and down the line. I'm going Cade Mays, who's played all five spots, has been a four year starter for two different SEC teams. Literally starts at left tackle, left guard, center, right guard, right tackle. Fran, if you don't mind, plug him into right guard for right now and we'll figure it out, figure it out from there. He might be a guy that can move around and give our room some collective versatility. At the end of the day, he is massive. He is every bit of 6'6", I think 335 or whatever he is listed at. Looks a little bit like Ben Cleveland that came out last year, uh, also big. But uh, Cade Mays, big, big player. Yeah, Ben Mays,
0: like you said, has the that versatility that teams uh, certainly covet. Dane, let's come to you for your next pick.
2: Oh, man. So I think I'm going to go – uh my jay sanders uh let's plug him in my other edge spot uh cincinnati a, a little light in the pants and so you know you can you can run him at a little run at him a little bit but i think he does a really nice job with his hands and we know how quick he is uh with his feet with his lower body uh, give him a chance to just pin his ears back and go, and he's going to put pressure uh, on your back uh, in your backfield, and he's going to be disruptive. So uh, with Jermaine Johnson and MyJ Sanders uh, on the edge, you've got Mathis and Wyatt in the middle, and you got Logan Hall mixing his way in there. i, I feel really good about this defensive line. Well, one of the quickest first steps
3: uh, in this draft for sure. Ben, let's come to you. I'm going to go ahead and add Cam Britt Taylor uh, to my defensive back room, opposite Kobe Bryant. He may be a guy I end up converting to safety. Um, we'll see, you know, some of his uh, one-on-ones and workouts down there in Mobile, a guy that may struggle a little bit with some turn and run stuff, a little stiff-hipped at times, but he is six foot, 200 pounds. He's thick. He's physical. He's a guy who can contribute and run support. Maybe a little bit more of a cover two corner. We'll see what type of scheme we play out there. But having a Kobe Bryant, Cam Britt Taylor, on the cuff of my depth chart right there at corner. Pretty happy about that. Yeah, tough, tough player. Good, really
0: good ball skills. Uh, he's a fun player, Cam Taylor Britt. Uh, Dane, let's come back to you for your next pick.
2: I'm going to go out of order a little bit here, mm. and I'm going to take my sixth offensive lineman. Um, I, I, I'm i going to go with Godecki, uh, just because right. I think he can, He I think he can play all three positions, center guard uh, and tackle. And I I think that he is an NFL starter uh, Bernard Raymond went so early in this draft, and he should have. Bernard Raymond, I, I think, in my opinion, is a first-round pick all day. Uh, but his teammate, Godecki, there are somewhere around the league that think he might be the better pro, uh, probably inside a guard. But don't be surprised if we see him take snaps at tackle and at center uh, this week at the Senior Bowl. I like it. Godeki is a
0: guy that <clears throat> really has stood out. Uh, I agree with you in a lot of different ways. I and mean, we had Jim on yesterday uh, talking about his background and what he looks
3: like moving forward. Ben, uh, let's come to you for your next one. Well, we're going to go to the receiver well, finally. And one of the better playmakers in college football, that's right, all of college football, that just was a little bit of a victim of his conference. I think Khalil Shakur is one of the best playmaking receivers in this class, a three-level receiver, really good hands, but can create after the catch. He can win in the route. He can win down the field. I don't think he's scheme-specific. I don't think he's alignment-specific. I think he can do a lot of things for an offense. Even some end around stuff, some handoffs. He's taken a number of things from the backfield as well, just putting the ball in his hands, done some returning as well. He may not have the size profile. He's about six foot, maybe 185, 190, but he can move and he's got all sorts of shakes and wiggle uh, after the catch there. So I think he's one of the better receivers in the class and one of the best playmakers outside of those first, you know, power five, uh, you know, group of receivers we all know definitely has that potential to be a three level threat uh, at the wide receiver position. Uh,
0: Dane, let's come to you for your next one.
2: All right. Uh, Let's look at this. I need a, another wide receiver. I need a center. I need a linebacker. Um, Let's not overthink it. Let's go Dylan Parham. Uh, The, the Memphis guard center. Uh, He he played tackle and guard in college, but he's going to be taking snaps at center this week. So I think that's probably his best position. Uh I, I think he's a little undersized for some schemes, but I do think that his core strength, his quickness, uh, the, the way he's improved and gotten better every year. Cause he went to Memphis as a tight end yep. uh initially and it was 230 pounds. He's put on uh about 70-75 pounds. He's up to close to 315 uh at this point, so close to 80 pounds. Uh, so uh, I feel good about my offensive line now. That's complete with Penning at left tackle, Zion Johnson at left guard, Dylan in at middle, at center, Darian Kennard and fall laley right guard, right tackle, and then uh, Gadecki uh, as my sixth offensive lineman, kind of do everything guys. So feeling good about this offensive line. We talked about that size and the girth you've got
0: up front on the perimeter. Uh, then you, you factor in an undersized uh, athlete like Parm. I think that's a really interesting compliment. Uh, ben, let's come to you for your next one.
3: I'm just going through my cornerback listings here as I had a, A typo. You know what? Do me a favor, Fran. Let's add Cam Britt Taylor. Let's slide him over to nickel. I think we're going to make him my tough nickel. I'm going to fill out my other cornerback spot here with Tariq Castro Fields out of Penn State. Nice. Who I think is a really good experienced player, tough player as well. Similar type of profile to Kobe Bryant as well. Um, just with the experience and uh, his ball skills and toughness as well. So he's a guy that I think is a little bit overlooked in this class, might have been able to come out last year as well. Uh, but Tariq Kuster Fields, really good player.
0: Yeah, he, uh, he's a, a guy that I that honestly has caught my eye the last couple of years. He was going to the senior bowl last year, but then uh, went back to school for that extra year of eligibility. So Castro Fields is the guy uh, that has caught my eye the last couple of seasons. Dane, let's come back to you for your next pick. All
2: right. Well, let's. Um let's go to my running back let's just pick pick him up um and let's go with you know there's just different types so many different types of running backs in this group you know you could go uh with the undersized guy who's gonna maybe give you more of the backfield i'm gonna okay i've got a plan here so let's go (laughs) damian pierce uh the florida running back who's just a put his pads down and he's going to try and run over you. He's also got quickness. Uh, he he's, he's got some bruiser to him, but he's yep. not, he, he's, he's not uh, unathletic. So uh, Pierce to me, uh, he's going to be my, my bell cow at running back.
0: He is uh, a guy that we, we had Jim on yesterday, uh, waxing poetic on Damian Pierce <laughs> and how much everybody in that office uh, is a really big fan of his game. Ben, let's come back to you.
3: Well, I'm going to go with one of the tougher satellite backs that I think I've seen in the last five years. And that's Tyler Beatty, a guy that I love his perimeter ability, his pass catching ability. This guy, where are you 180, playing him? 185 pounds. Where, you where, know,
0: where, where, yeah, where are you playing him at Ben? Cause you've got, you've got you got Brian Robinson running back. back and you got your flex at likely.
3: You can play him as a slot receiver. Sure. Yeah. Make him my third receiver. That's fine. Okay. That's a guy that I think is like a Steve Slayton type of player that I think can really contribute on the perimeter. Some bubble screens. We're going to get him some angle routes. He'll be our perimeter kind of satellite back mm. of when Brian Robinson needs a breather. That's okay. You could put him at that receiver spot. Yep. I think he's really, really creative player, experienced player. It was great to see him get the workload. Once Larry Roundtree went off to the NFL, he's a tough, tough SOB, but he's a satellite back. He's a pass catching back in a really good frame. So he's a guy that maybe won't shake you, you know, down to your knees in the open field, but he'll run through you too. So I love his toughness in combination with his ability to contribute in the open field and on the perimeter. Love it. All right. Well, Dane, let's come back to you for your next one.
2: All right. uh, I need another, let's see, another linebacker. I need my DB flex. So I could go there. Okay. uh, Let's go with, Linebacker, let's go with trail Bernard uh out of Baylor, a little undersized, but he's gonna test like a safety. He's, he's gonna test really well, moves uh like you want your linebackers to move. Uh disciplined eyes. Uh he has athletic range. Um, I, I think he's a kind of a down the road starter uh in the NFL. Uh, but you know, he, and he's something that I really appreciate about him is he's been under you know different coaching staffs at Baylor, but Matt Rule raved about him and his intelligence. Dave Aranda raves about his leadership and integrity. So I, I think that not only is he a good player, but a, a good person for the locker room and, for, you know, a kind of type of a leader uh, for my defense. Oh God, that's just rock solid uh, across the board.
3: Ben, uh, let's come to your next pick here. You know, for my DB flex here, Fran, I think one of the more interesting players in the entire class, give me Zion McCollum. Hmm. At a Sam Houston State, who I think is a really, really interesting player here. He's a productive player, he's played a variety of spots, I believe, on that Sam Houston defense as well. I think a little bit of safety and corner, if I'm not mistaken, but all sorts of ball production, tons of experience out there in a really unique size package. And I think about six, three or so. Let's see what his official measurements are. Yep. Guy that ran four-four official in high school. Really interesting career down there for Sam Houston State. Prolific career as well for anyone that's been following the Sam Houston program. Go look at North Dakota State's FCS championships. One little hiccup in there. I believe Sam Houston uh, got one in the FCS. But a uh, really good player, productive player, and I think will be one of the studs of the week. 52 games started for Zion McCallum. Just an incredible 5 Do you have his ball there. production? It's something insane as well. It's I'm like 15 sure. takes
0: yeah, he's 15 interceptions,
3: 60 PBUs or something weird. I mentioned
0: yeah. a five-year starter. He only had one year where he didn't have at least three interceptions. Like, it was just consistent production uh, across the board, which is really impressive.
2: It's uh, 54 passes defended, 13 interceptions.
0: Awesome. Wow. 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 Impressive. Uh, all right, Dane, let's
2: come to you. Okay, so I need another. I made my DB flex. I'm going to add another corner, and I'm going to go Jalen Watson from Washington State. Uh, and so that this way, it, when we go to nickel, bump Roger McCreary inside the slot, keep Watson and Kendrick on the outside. I think that works. Watson is a a, a guy that's continuing to get better and better with the more football that he plays is lightly recruited out of high school. Uh, you know, just tried to go you know, tore up the Juco route or uh, went to try to sign with USC. That didn't work out. Went home, got uh, improved his grades, went to Washington state and he's been productive the last two years. So I think he's a guy that's yet to play his best football and uh, type of guy that I want to develop on my back for the back end of my defense.
0: You guys both go uh similar kind of play styles with your back-to-back picks there. Zion McCollum, Jalen Watson, two oversized corners, but one, a ton of experience. McCollum won, not much uh, in Watson. So
3: interesting juxtaposition position there uh ben let's come back to you for your next pick well i'd love to fill out my offensive line here i need a right tackle uh we could go with you know andrew stuber who played right tackle for that joe moore winning michigan offensive line i'm gonna curveball a little bit here i'm actually gonna go max mitchell sure at louisiana raging cajuns an experienced three-year starter over 2700 snaps played and i know there may be a little bit of scout in the helmet there That Louisiana Raging Cajun run game is as good as it gets in college football. Go look at any of the other guys that found their way to the NFL, whether it's Kevin Dotson or uh, the kid down there in Miami. I believe Robert Robert Hunt, a variety of running backs like Elijah Mitchell, I believe, playing this weekend for the 49ers. Max Mitchell has played a lot of ball, has played off that right side as well as the left side. So I think he can come right in and play that right tackle spot for us. I'm going to be honest. Uh, I have Max Mitchell to me. It was one of the best players on the board still. I I can't believe that
0: he was still there. So it was good value there for you, Ben. Uh, Dane, let's come to you for your next pick. We're rounding things out. There's only a few more here, guys. All
2: right. Um, let's go with, um, my flex Rashad white out of Arizona state. Uh, I think with what he could do out of the backfield, uh, as a receiver, uh, you could line him up across the formation. There's just so much. I mean, he, he kind of, it epitomizes the flex position yep. with with the different ways he can impact the offense. So uh, I think he's a natural fit there for me. Yeah, really good pass catcher, big play threat as a runner and
0: as
3: a receiver. Ben, let's come to you now. Well, so you know the size of my receiver room isn't great. You know I have Khalil Shakur in there. I already put a running back in my receiver. We're going to go back to the receiver well here, but considering my propensity and probably twelve personnel offense is going to be heavy with uh, McBride and likely, I'm okay with going with more. You know, more of a gadgety type of player. So I have my eyes right now on two, whether it's Trey Turner at Virginia Tech or Vellis Jones at a Tennessee slash USC. And I'm going to go with Trey Turner at a Virginia Tech, who is a really sneaky, productive player, 500 yards receiving in three straight years, 2,000 all-purpose yards. He has 121 receptions, averaging over 16 yards per catch. Oh, yeah, 50 rushing attempts. Yep. This all sounds very similar to Khalil Shakur. Just a little bit of a taller, longer profile at about 6'2, 190. Khalil's about six foot. But guys that can win all over the field, put the ball in their hands. They're vertical elements, good returners as well, getting a lot of playmaking type of presences to this offense. So they may not be true positions, true X, true slot, true gadget, but guys that I just want in the offensive huddle. Dane, you've got four picks left. Uh, let's
2: see where you go here. Well, I need another safety. and... <clears throat> I don't love the safeties that are left. I um, you know Tyson Anderson. I think is going to be a really good special teamer. Um, you know, he's going to test really well, especially at that size. Uh, but I think for my last safety spot, I'm going to go Alante Taylor, uh, Tennessee corner, who projects better. I think at safety. Uh, this is a guy who uh, was a do everything player in, in high school, recruited as a uh, wide receiver, and just you know weren't sure what, what, what to do with him. Plays corner at Tennessee, had a pretty good career. Again, I think his uh, his profile will fit really well uh, move, with a move to safety. Like it. Ben, Take us. what
3: do you think here? Well, let's add our six offensive linemen. And what do we want with that swing guy? A guy with experience, and that's played up and down the line. And Jamari uh, Salyer for Georgia has played a lot of left tackle out there. A lot of people don't realize he's played every offensive line spot before he was yeah. a starter played some center, played some right guard, played left guard, eventually took over for that Andrew Thomas left tackle role, which coincidentally they were actually high school teammates. But Slayer was a guy that was the number one guard out of high school. So Mm. the guy that I think can play a variety of spots, has been positionally versatile, has been productive at a number of spots in that Georgia national championship team. He's a perfect fit to be my sixth offensive lineman in combination with some other versatility like Max Mitchell playing both sides, Cade Mays playing up and down the line, Fortner's played some guard spots as well. So I love collectively the uh, the versatility of our, our offensive line room. And please correct me on the pronunciation if I'm uh, Sawyer, not getting it. Sawyer. Sawyer, Sawyer, Yeah, it's an interesting player. And like you
0: said, that versatility, uh, important for him as well. You've got some versatility along that entire offensive line, looking at your group there, Ben. Uh, Dane, let's come to you for your next one.
2: Um uh, <laughs> Look, I get it. He's pretty similar to the receivers I already have. I don't care. Give me good players. Give me Christian Watson. Yep. Uh, I mean, I, I, it's not a complimentary offense with these receivers with, uh, you know, they all three are kind of downfield guys. They offer some, uh, you know, speed and some, some length, but I, I understand they don't complement each other that well. I don't care. Just give me the good players and I'll be happy.
0: I like it. You've got three, uh, three oak trees
3: that are sprinting uh, down the field for sure. Uh, Ben, let's come back to you. Two more picks left for you. Yeah, really fun to kind of compare the receiver groups with Tolbert, Pierce, Watson, all six, three, six, four long bodies. And I have all the kind of shakers and movers, the short body types. So really fun profiles. But Dane, I got to ask you, hold the trigger on Kenny Pickett, pick one. Are you balking on the quarterbacks because you know I can't go quarterback and double dip? If I didn't go pick it, would you have probably pulled the trigger on a quarterback thus far?
2: Uh, That was – well, no, because that was my strategy was just I was going to let you take whatever quarterback you wanted and then I was just going to punt on the position until later because I – you know, these guys are so closely graded for me and I think you could make it – you go in a couple different directions. I I do – I think Kenny Pickett's probably the favorite to be the first guy drafted and certainly understand why you took him there because he's, like you said, the most ready to play right away. Um, but you, you kind of made my decision for me taking him with the first pick. I knew I could kind of wait and decide which of these quarterbacks I really want to take.
3: I know, but now the gamesmanship behind it all. Now, Fran, what round are we? In? Round 25. Oh, yeah, we're down there. And, right? and we're sitting here with Ritter, Strong, Willis, Howell on the board. And I took Pickett with pick one, round one. I You're going to much- play I would have rather Sam Howell in round 24, (laughs) you know, than Kenny Pickett first overall. So uh, the gamesmanship is certainly at play here uh, with a one versus one type of mock draft. But I have two spots to fill out here. I have a special team spot and a safety spot. So who are we going to plug in here? Who can we plug in here? Well, the special team spot, Fran, you know where I'm going here. The special teams ace of the group. And that's Tyson Anderson out of Toledo with over 800 special team snaps in his career. You play over 500, you get my attention. Six, 700, I'm sitting up in my chair. 800 is, whoa, wait a minute, hold on, I need to double check this. And Tyson Anderson is well over 800 career snaps uh, in his career there for Toledo. Maybe not the most prolific tackler. I think that's, uh, I'm blanking on his name right now. Just watched him yesterday, anyways. The returner Marcus Jones out of Houston, but as far as experience, Tyson Anderson Toledo, really, really good player. Anderson's a, a really intriguing talent, even on defense. I think I think there are some
0: tools there. If you if you like Kyle Hamilton and you like everything that he brings, I think this is kind of a uh, a day three version of a Kyle Hamilton with his height, weight, speed profile, and uh, what he brings
3: to the defensive side. Of the Percy football. Percy Butler was the was the other one. He has yep, like twenty five so. career special teams tackles, probably the best cover guy. Marcus Jones is the best returner, but Tyson Anderson, the most experienced throughout his college career. And Percy Butler out at the Shrine Bowl in Las Vegas. uh, as Uh,
0: Dan, I'll come to you now. You've got two picks. You've got your special teams ace, and you've got a quarterback.
2: Well, I'm going to keep thinking about my quarterback, so I'm going to go with my (laughs) special teams ace. And (laughs) I'm going Troy Anderson, Montana State. Uh, This is a guy who, running back, quarterback, linebacker in college, and I I think he's – you know, you're not quite sure where he's going to play at the next level. He's got so much versatility to play with. I, I think at the very least, he's going to be a stud on special teams because he's going to run really well. He's probably going to run high 4.5s, low 4.6s for a guy that's 6'4", 235 pounds. So I, I think he could be a special teams demon while you try to figure out, all right, are we going to sprinkle him in on offense? Is he going to find a home on defense? Uh, bottom line, he's going to be a special team stud for me.
3: I like it. Uh, ben, your final pick, your safety. Who do you like? Oh man, this is tough here. Tough here. Do we take a flyer on a D2, D3 kid, like a uh, Gregory Jr. or Joshua Williams? So out of Fayetteville, I really like, I know we're picking a safety here, but I'm just grabbing a defensive back. We can move them around if we want. I'm going to go with a JT Woods here out of Baylor. Nice. Let's let's add him to Jalen Petrie. They played behind each other in that stack role in that Dave Aranda defense for a number of years, so should have some good rapport. JT Woods is tall, long, really, really good speed, can get to the alley into the backfield in a flash, contribute on special teams as well. And I don't think people realize how good that Baylor defense is. Tons of tons of high-level players that played for Aranda. Um, I already saw um, what's his name? Dane already grabbed Terrell Bernard. there, really good player. A couple other ones. I'll grab a JT Woods.
0: You know, those guys compliment each other. Well, uh, Dane finish this <laughs> out here. We have Ben. We'll take Kenny Pickett uh, with his first pick. Who, who's the quarterback you're taking with your last pick?
2: All right. So, yeah, I could go with, you know, I've got Alec Pierce, so I could go Desmond Ritter and, and, you know, bring those guys back together. I could go with, you know, I've got three guys at receiver who like to go deep. So I think Sam Howell is one of the best deep ball throwers in this class. That would make some sense. I'm gonna go with a guy among this quarterback group that has the most upside, and that's Malik Willis. Um, I think that he probably has the lowest floor too, yep. but I think he has the highest, uh, highest ceiling with what he could be uh at the next level. And you know, we we just got done watching the playoffs and all these, you know, quarterbacks making plays, and you know, you need a quarterback. That has a superhero trait, and I think Malice, Malik Willis has that. Consistency is not there. He needs to find that. He needs to develop that. But in terms of his athleticism, his uh, his arm strength's outstanding. He's a smart kid. I think he's going to really going to impress during interviews. So uh, I feel good about Malik Willis here uh, as my quarterback. And and honestly quarterback would have been much earlier, but I just, I knew I could wait sure. on the position. So that's why he's my last pick, but you know, I've got these three receivers going deep. going to open up some uh, underneath opportunities for Malik Willis to use his legs. Uh, I feel good about him as the captain of my offense. That's not how this works, Dane. The headline's going to be Dane Brugler
3: takes Jalen Watson ahead of Malik Willis on the mock draft. That's how it's going to get packaged. We know how this goes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Dane Brugler takes true. Malik just- Willis in round 27. What does a they- Dane like about Malik?
0: <laughs> uh, so I want to get your guys takeaways from how you th- feel like you did. Can I just say that I think you guys are bananas for not selecting Haskell Garrett, uh, not selecting Calvin Austin. Uh, there was, there was one other player on here that I, I
2: couldn't But Perry and Winfrey. I'm surprised. Didn't go off. I almost, court. I almost took Austin instead of Watson to be, cause Austin fits more of that slot role where he could, you know, be a catch and run receiver under. He's 162 pounds. He's not a catcher cool. on
3: anything. He's going to be an over-the-top guy for my team, at least. I don't know mm-hmm. if I can trust him in any other role other than Cameron, Deshaun, Cameron, Sean, Cameron. Deshaun Jackson.
0: You guys didn't take Cameron Thomas for San Diego state. This is, I actually true, think true. I like Cam
3: Thomas Fran. I was watching a lot of his tape lately. I actually don't love his buzz and his upside. I think he's a little bit of a stiff out there, a little bit more of a Carl Nassib type of player than I think anything. Um, maybe he's tough. He's going to keep coming. Doesn't have a whole lot of first step, not a whole lot of pass rush juice, not a whole lot of explosiveness. He's just a relentless, tough player, which wins in this league, but I have some buyer beware. I would rather an Isaiah Thomas at Oklahoma than Cam Thomas. Oh, wow. What was the first take away from the exercise, Dan?
2: Uh, no, I, and I think there are some really good players left on the board. And I just, you know, like Cam Thomas was a, a perfect example. Would have loved to drafted him, but with Jermaine Johnson, MyJ Sanders, and Logan Hall as kind of my uh, top three guys at, at edge, I just had no room for him. And so hmm. – Um, I, I did think it was interesting looking at, uh, safety, how just not loving the safety class this year. And, you know, just the options there, um, linebacker, I felt good waiting on because I did like so many of the linebackers, like a guy like Darian Beavers, uh, from Cincinnati did not get selected. Who's a a really good player. Um, I like someone
3: like the H back guy. I love Jeremiah Hall and Connor Hayward. Mm-hmm. but like, where do I plug them in? I filled up my tight ends. They're not going to yep, be running yeah. back. So it's sure. kind of victim of the victim of the board there. The one guy that stings me to not pick is Cole Turner. Yeah. I think Cole Turner is a stud out there, but I went to the tight end. Well, a little early there. So was just a kind of victim of the board. Yep. Yeah. It was an yeah. interesting exercise. You get a sense of uh, the top players, where the class is deep, where the class is a little shallow. Now, Fran, the one, the one position moment. group you didn't mention there when you're ruffling off, you didn't pick him, 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 him. I think me and Dane nailed the offensive line group. I think the guys left on the board are the right guys left on the board for right now. So, you know, I see Justin Schaefer out there, left guard for Georgia. He may be in the conversation there. I think Braxton Jones and, you know, Abe Lucas are probably next off the board as far as tackle. I thought the guard pecking order, I thought, or excuse me, the offensive line pecking order was pretty uh, appropriate. Yeah, I would say so. I think that there's some
0: guys, you could make an argument for like a Marquise Hayes, you know, some of these, you know, like a Cole Strange, or just, uh, you
3: know, some of these guys I think you could make the argument for, but I don't have any beefs uh, with how you guys picked. Uh, you there's know, a lot of strange climbing. schools too. I got Jataira Carter who just got selected, I believe from Southern Spencer mm-hmm. Burford from UTSA out there. Yep. I see a North Dakota kid here, not North Dakota state. I believe North Dakota. Yes. Is that, well, that's what uh, well, let's go. Yeah. 36 inch arms. The, yeah. Yep. The Fordham kid out here as well. So there's a bit of a learning curve with some of these guys too, that we'll get a little
2: more familiar with down at mobile. Yeah, no Fran, Fran wanted to ignore them, but I'm adding Cameron Dicker and Jake Camarda, the kicker and punter to my roster as well. All right. Beautiful. I'm glad, I'm glad you're
0: able to sneak them in there at the end, Dane. Well, guys, a, a fun exercise. We'll try and do this on a, on a yearly basis. I, I really enjoyed doing this uh, going into the senior bowl. It's just a primer for everybody uh, on the top players. Ben, Dane, we'll be hearing from you guys uh, throughout the week.
3: Now it's
2: time for pick six.
3: Well,
0: excited to welcome back to the show here this week for Pick 6 is Emery Hunt, who does a great job covering all things college football, NFL draft, like I said earlier. Uh, and you can obviously catch him as well on the College Draft podcast with our buddy, Ross Tucker, who was always on here uh, on the Journey to the Draft podcast. Emery, welcome back to the show, my
1: man. Always a pleasure, man. Always great to talk shop with you. Is that is that time of year, man, and we actually get to go to these things now.
0: Yeah, that's a little bit of an alien experience for us based off the last year and a half or so. But I'm really excited to be back down here uh, in Mobile, Alabama. Excited to see you in person uh, as practice gets kicked off. But uh, before we start talking about Senior Bowl, uh, which we will do plenty here this week, I want to kind of get your thoughts. You were in attendance for the East-West Shrine Bowl uh, this past week in Las Vegas, Nevada. You were also out west uh, in Pasadena for the NFL PA game. But I'm excited to kind of get your thoughts here on the standout players from Las Vegas and we'll just kind of get three guys on each side of the football. We'll start with number one uh, on offense. Who's one guy that really stood out to you over the course
1: of the week of practice? I I was very impressed. Number one with um, Tulsa's wide receiver. Um, Josh Johnson. Yeah. Number 84. It's, I hate when, when number comps come to me because it's like, it's hard to get away from it because you're looking at the number, but it's so Antonio Brown. Maybe, yep, he was, the separation is ridiculous. And, you know, obviously one-on-ones are, are heavily, you know, favoring the offense. But there's a thing about creating separation, and it's just it was just instant. Every time he made the move at the top of his route, it looked as if the defender saw two people and chose the wrong one. So he quickly jumped to the outside while homeboy was already on the inside, <laughs> five yards away from him. And it was every time. So he stood out for me from just a raw Athleticism, twitching the standpoint, and Samari Touré. If we're looking at a receiver, mm. um, smooth, fluid athlete, deceptively fast. He was able to, to, you know, slowly pull away and stack defenders, and has the athleticism to make any type of catch away from his body w- without really breaking stride.
0: Yeah, a couple of guys that stood out to me on film. Johnson, uh, he, he had issues with drops over the course of his career with Tulsa. Uh, he transferred. I wonder, I'm trying to remember where he started his career, um, but it might have been in Western Kentucky. Uh, don't quote me on that, but either way, uh, went to Tulsa, and this year he had a couple of Power Five games against Ohio State and Oklahoma State put up big numbers and looked pretty good and was able to create uh, that consistent separation that you talked about uh, with what he did this week in practice and rarely put the ball on the ground in those two games. And I think those two kind of standout performances against uh, some obviously bigger competition, I think that really helped him. And Touré, uh, as you mentioned, I mean, this is a guy who started his career, uh, I believe it was, at, it was at Wyoming, right? before Trans- Montana. He Montana, Arizona. that's right. Uh, I know somewhere up in the uh, the PNW. Uh, started at Pacific Northwest. Uh, goes to Nebraska this year, has a solid season uh, for the Huskers. Uh, who would be the next guy uh, for you? on this list
1: on offense you know it it, I was impressed with just the the footwork and vision of Jay Sean Corbin Mm. and and how he runs man you know it's it's a it's a skill that you know as a former running back I wish I had and I see a lot of these guys nowadays just have it because of what they probably are being taught and bred in high school just the patience man like he's he's pressing at the line of scrimmage before making his cut. So as a linebacker, you're like, okay, he has to commit now because he's at the line of scrimmage, but nope, he makes that cut. He finds that cutback lane and is able to consistently make moves through traffic. So he's been very impressive with the footwork division and the elusiveness that you want to see from a tailback.
0: It's funny you brought him up because he was one of those guys, that, as I first started watching him, uh, I thought he teetered on the line of like patient versus like indecisive. And the more I watched, I was like, yeah, no this this guy's patient, like he's purposeful uh, with what he's doing, and I really struggled with that uh, early on. Uh, he was an all freshman SEC uh, te- at Texas A and M, ended up transferring out. Uh, when, went to, did the reverse Jimbo. He went from the A and M uh, to Florida State. Uh, but Corbin is, is an interesting player, uh, big body kid uh, who's got some smoothness to him. I think just watching him, no real like uh, harsh negatives uh, on the film. I, I just feel like he kind of checks a lot of the box. I don't know if he's got like an A trait. But I think that he, you can see that he checks enough of the boxes to make you feel like, all right, this guy can come in, uh, compete for a backup spot. Who would be
1: the next guy uh, you want to spotlight? Well, it's not a guy per se. It's a position. Mm. The tight end position was impressive. Man. Across the board, from Garrett Prince to uh, Jelani Woods, the tall you know, tight end from Virginia. I interviewed him. I was, the first question I said was like, bro, why are you so tall? <laughs> that was my first question. Like I had to get the <laughs> elephant out the room. You have him. You have Teagan Quitoriano from yeah. Oregon State who told me, like, man, we blocked a lot. People don't think I can catch and run routes. He was out there day one just showing fluidity and everything. So I I just thought that. the And um, it was funny because you're watching these things, and after a while, the light comes on. So I'm watching the Ohio tight end. Yep. And, and I'm like, wait, oh, snap. That's Armani Rogers, who is oh, funny. Quarterback. The, yeah, quarterback at UNLV, freshman yeah. at Missouri Valley Conference guy. And we're practicing at UNLV, but he looks so natural at the tight end position. So I thought, just collectively, and based on what we're going to see in Mobile, yep. man, we might have one of the deeper tight end classes that we've had in quite some time.
0: It's uh, it's it's funny you say that because I, I feel like every All Star game is going to say that this year. It's like man, like this tight end group is really good. I mean, Jim Nagy has said that uh, in the past about the senior ball. I know Eric with Eric Alco was excited about that tight end group uh, in Las Vegas. I know was just kind of bouncing around. Everybody really excited, and that's the thing is that last year you had Kyle Pitts, you had that freak show alien top five pick. Yeah, he's not present in this class, but it's a it's a really deep group, and I think when you get to day three and into those undrafted free agents. Someone's uh, people are gonna be getting steals, guys that maybe you're maybe not starters, but uh, really long, you know, reliable, long time backups, uh, at the position.
1: Uh, let's go over to the defensive side. Who would be the number one standout uh, on that side of the ball? Not biased here, but man, <laughs> <laughs> Taylor Humphrey, bro. Like, you, you, you've you been in NFL buildings, friend. You've seen Reggie and Riley McKenzie, right? And just how big they are, like, yes. you know, just naturally big dudes. That's how Humphrey is. Humphrey <laughs> measured in at six, six, three, fifty. So he's a large dude and is not fat. And that's the, that was just blowing my mind that this is a big dude with quickness. Um, you know, he's playing – he played nose at UL, and I like how the Shrine game had it schemed up to where guys that fit three, four defenses, they have them all on one team. Mm. So he's playing sort of the same role here. But he's someone that flashed an ability to be a, a really good one tech. You know, um, you can see him playing a five. Kind of how Dexter Lawrence plays for the Giants. Mm. I can see him playing that role in the NFL. I was impressed with how big he is, number one, um, but how quick he is for someone his size. Plays with good leverage. Who doesn't pop up out of his stands as someone that's 6'6". 82-inch uh, wingspan. I mean, just a large, large human being. Uh, you had a couple uh raging cages out there. How did Percy Butler look? Did he flash at all? He did. He he had an intercept. He had a a, a fantastic interception against E.J. Perry uh, from Brown. Where he read it, you know, drove on the ball and, and really took it away from the from the receiver. And that was something when I talked to him that he wanted to stress. He's like, man, everybody talks about my amazing play on special teams, but I'm a dog too on a secondary. I can play. And he showed up big. He had, you know, he was a little bit inconsistent on the first day, but man, the second day, making hits in the run game in 907 and picking passes off on the back end. So he's been impressive too. Yeah, uh, it's it's a uh, he was obviously known for his ability to
0: come in and play special teams. I think that's kind of the the moniker that people have on him early. It's like this guy's gonna come in and be able to contribute in that realm right away. So good to hear that he was able to make some plays on defense as well. Who'd be the next
1: guy uh, you'd highlight on D? You know, um, and, and this is this was this was one that was I couldn't wait to talk about because he was just so impressive, man. The um, Kobe Durant. I tweeted out uh, I want to say yesterday or a couple of days ago, like. And this is, and Eagles fans listen to this will appreciate this. Dude is legit, Eric Allen reincarnated. Whoa! Wow. From how he's built, you know, you know, the, he wears the long sleeves, kind of baggy. He's a slight guy. He's five, nine, 183. but talk about a dog mentality. And mm. he, and when I talked to him, he was like, "Listen, people will see me as a slot, but I want to play on the outside. I can play on the outside." Don't look at my size. I want to be on the outside. Mm. And Watching him in 7 7 watching him in team drills, how he transitions out of his breaks. He turns and runs rather well. He's not afraid of the catch point. He's going to challenge the ball and nine times of ten make a play on it and come away with it or, or knock it away. And when he blitzes, he's blitzing with a purpose. He's not blitzing to get blocked. He's blitzing to get mm. to the quarterback. And so – he has that that it about him that you want, and guys like that uh, you want on your team. And I, and I was impressed with how well uh, he just fit in in terms of playing on the outside. It wasn't like a guy that, that said that and got out there, and you're like, yeah, he probably could kick him inside. He, it looks a little bit overwhelming. Not the Cope Durant, man. He was he was impressive. He uh,
0: the, Just the way you're talking about it reminds me that the last time you and I were at a Shrine Bowl together, I believe it was the last time. I believe this was 2020. Was Jimmy Moreland, uh, JMU, exactly. uh, very
1: similar kind of dynamic there, right? Yeah, exactly. Guy that just you know, in, he has a, a raw enthusiasm about the game. You could tell he takes pride in it. He, he he it means something to him, and he wants to be the best at it. It, it was funny because when I when I sat down to talk with him, um, I had I, I, I jokingly told him I was like, "Yo, first of all, let me apologize for picking against you guys against Jackson State." I think we were <laughs> So he was like, "Yeah, you know, you was wrong," um, and he, he, you could, and just talking to him about that game, the passion that he still has today about that game that was two mm-hmm. months ago. Like he was really upset that nobody was giving those guys a chance to play, and you know, he said he's from a small town, but five guys from his town made the NFL, and he's about to be the sixth. And I'm like, "Listen, man, you got a fan in me because the way you go out there and play, uh, coming from that program, I know you would coached well." And Buddy Pugh has a great track record of NFL guys right now on defense. Yep. Um, that that uh, and the Kobe Durant is gonna be the next one.
0: Yeah, uh, certainly uh, Eagles defensive tackle, Javon Hargrave, uh, one of those guys coming from South Carolina State. Uh, Durant, a really interesting player. I mentioned Jimmy Moreland. He was the seventh-round pick of the Washington football team uh, that spring. I know he's been banged up, uh, but has been uh, kind of a really interesting player for that secondary when he was healthy, or especially early on in his career. Uh, let's get to your last guy. Who, who's the last guy on defense that stood out to you uh, this past weekend in, uh, in Las Vegas?
1: Going back to the defensive line with Marquand McCall uh, out of Kentucky. Big boy. It's funny. I told him before I talked with him. Was like, listen, man, low key, Kentucky may be D line you mm. um, and O line you. Uh, you know, recently, yeah. you know, in terms of the way they produce these point of attack players. And I told him like last year I had a really high grade on uh, the kid that Green Bay drafted, and people just thought he was just a big mammoth nose tackle. I'm like, no, that dude got quickness, mm. um, and he was able to showcase that this year for the Packers. And we see right now McCall is out there uh, playing across the defensive line. As someone that could play up front. He's shorter. He's about 6'2", about two uh, 340. But he could play nose if you want. He's a, he's a quick nose. He could be a three. Um, he shows that quickness. He has good, you know, good bull rush. He has dog in him. So he could be a one technique. He handles double teams well. I was impressed with him so far with, with how well he was able to compete up front. So, again, watching that defensive line, and you're seeing different body types do multiple things um, and being able to handle different roles within a defense, whatever they, they end up. So, watching that Kentucky front, I mean, McCall
0: got the call to the Shrine game uh, or to the Shrine ball and uh, jo- Josh Paschal, he got the invite to the Senior Bowl. He's not participating uh, due to an injury. You could have made the argument that, that that McCall was a little bit better on tape in terms of, the, especially with the flashes. Uh, in, intriguing body at six, two and a half, uh, just under 350 pounds. This is a big boy who's got some quickness. Uh, like you said, it seems like that D line group in general. I uh, saw plenty of Noah Ellis uh, going viral on social media. Myron Tangavailo, Omosa from Notre Dame, uh, really flashing. You already talked about uh, Taylor Humphrey, Thomas Booker from Stanford. So uh, not only that tight end group, but that def- interior defensive line group seemed to be a strong one uh, out in Vegas as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you, know, you, know, you look at the West team, you have uh, the, the kid from Western University, the Canadian kid. Yeah. Um, he was in And I've always told people this, you know, give the Canadian kid. Don't judge him on the first day of practice. It's going to take them a couple of practices to get acclimated with the consistency of the strength, speed and athleticism. They're going to see uh, here in the States. And boy, day two, dude was on fire. And, and you talk about um you know, a program in Western that produces a lot of pro talent mm. and because he's able to, to really get off the ball. He understands where his hands are. Uh, Deontay Knight is his name. And, and, and that's where I, I like the, the, uh, the growth. So I know in the game, he's going to have, he's going to look really good. Cause we saw this with, um, uh, court, the, the offensive lineman from Alberta how yep. he looked as the week went on. The last time we were at the Shrine Bowl, we saw this a few years ago with David and Yamada. You know, he went from you know questionable day one to whipping guys the rest of the week. <laughs> you know, so it, it takes them a, a while, but once they once they get used to it, th- their, their skills. You see why they're there, and that's why Knight is there too. Laurent Duvernay-Tardif uh,
0: went on to become yep. a long-time NFL starter. Uh, Akeem Hicks uh, back in the day uh, started yep. uh, at the Shrine Bowl. So plenty of those guys uh, coming from up north, uh, making some noise at the Shrine Bowl and eventually the NFL. Uh, Emory, we can keep doing this for another uh, half hour, 45 minutes, but uh, I'm going to let you run. You need to get some sleep uh, after making the travel over from uh, from Las Vegas. Uh, excited to run into you here this week
1: uh, down at the Senior Bowl. Appreciate you, Fran. Always a, uh, always a pleasure, man. look forward to running to you as well.
3: Now it's time to hear from you, the fans, in the draft mailbag.
0: Great stuff, as always, from Emery Hunt, one of my favorite people uh, to chop things up with when it comes to the NFL draft. Uh, let's wrap things up with our draft mailbag. And like I said, we're going to have daily podcasts from down here in Mobile at the Senior Bowl. So if you've got any questions at all, jump on over to our uh, Apple podcast page. You can head on over to Spotify or Stitcher, wherever you listen to the show, we'll check it. And if you've got a question, we will answer it here on an upcoming episode. I want to get to a funny one from Wade Cornelius, who actually left us a one-star review and accused Dane of being a Buckeye homer. I, I couldn't believe it. Uh, couldn't believe my eyes when I read this. I know Dane will love the fact uh, that he's being accused of being a Buckeye homer. You could not get further from the truth uh, from one Dane Prugler. And if I'm, if my memory serves, uh, from this mock draft, and I'm just looking, yeah, he only took uh, one Buckeye uh, in his mock draft uh, from today. So obviously a bunch of Buckeyes down here in Mobile. So I don't know if the uh, if the, the the homer tag uh, quite matches up there, but uh, Wade certainly thought that it was worthy of a one star review. Hopefully uh, others of you out there want to give us some five-star reviews, and outweigh this one-star review that Wade Cornelius felt that he needed to leave us. So if you want to head on over to our Apple Podcast page, leave us a question. Now's a perfect time. Give us a little bit of a boost now. we got to overcome Wade Cornelius' one-star review of this podcast. Jump on over. Leave us a question. We will answer it here in one of the episodes this week. We've got a ton of action coming to you every single day from down here in Mobile, Alabama. We'll be back tomorrow right here on the Journey of the Draft podcast presented by LifeBrand.